Hey, bro, let's get into this thing. It's Demasi and Michael just talking tech. Shit, 2019, can you believe it? It's been a while since we did uh, Cool Tools, hasn't it? Yeah, man, way back in the early beginning, probably 2016, possibly 2017. Yeah, it was the Cool Tools for macOS and iOS posts we did back on March 28th, 2017. Wow. DM6, that's uh, almost... Almost two years. Wow, time flies when you're having fun. Anyways, in the 27 episodes since then, I've started using a lot of new tools. You've started using some new tools, and we want to talk today about some of our cool tools for 2019 for iOS. Primarily for me, that is documentation and automation. Now, the tool we're going to talk about, I'm pretty sure you're not really using Demasi, is day one. And that's given me an opportunity to journal my life experiences since we started using this app, which was just before Christmas of 2018. Now, you know, a lot of the listeners probably don't, but Mallory and I just signed an agreement on a car. And we've gone through this process a time or two before and probably will go through it again a time or two in the future. The difference that we have between this time and all the other times is that I have documentation, including voicemails, saved in one location that I can look back on and observe the process of what we went through when purchasing a car. So that's one real life example of how I'm using day one. Are you using it all? I haven't used it in a very long time. Uh, I first looked at day one back during uh its early days so it was day one uh version one at that time uh and it was very accessible uh super cool app i'm not really the journaling type so i didn't use it myself but it is a very interesting app and they have continued as far as i have seen just you know randomly seeing news here and there they have continued to add a lot of uh super powerful features to the app that make it a pretty pretty good solution if you are wanting to document any aspect of your life and mike correct me if i'm wrong i believe you can actually have more than one journal going so like you could be documenting your yep. process of purchasing the car but then you could also have your daily journal going on, on along right at the same time so you can have multiple journals i only use one but i probably should split some of the my other journeys out into other journals i'm going to experiment with that over the next couple of days one of the main reasons is because you can attach meta tags i think's what it's called that will automatically gather data from your phone whether that be the location of your device or the step count of how many steps you've taken you can even add the music that you're listening to or gather other variables from shortcuts or automation apps and push that data into your journal entries. I'll give you an example of that in a minute, but you can also add images and drag and drop other files and voicemails, for example, to your journal entries. Now, my meta tags, every entry that I add has the weather, date, and my step count attached to it. So I can look back on it and say, oh, yesterday I took 7,000 steps, but today, not so much. That's a lot of steps, man. Tell me about it. So day one is a great application that offers premium features for you if you decide to invest in them. One of the premium features that I don't use that much because I can't get it working correctly is the ability to automatically transcribe your audio to text. Side note, if you're looking for something like that, I recommend just press record. Anyways, I do use a couple of the premium features and I'll definitely outline them. Head on over to yourownpay.com forward slash DM33 to check out some of my favorite premium features. 
Demasi, what app do you want to chat about today? So the app I want to talk about, I actually started using this app in February of 2018. So it's coming up on a year that I've been using this app. And there are literally probably thousands of these apps in the app store. But this is my favorite one. It's the one that I have stuck with uh, and actually make use of every day. And that is Carrot Weather for iOS. Now, Carrot Weather uh, is a very interesting app. It's also available for Mac OS and Apple TV. A few things about Carrot Weather. So one, it is it is totally voiceover accessible. Uh, the data that it displays uh, is, is very good information. But what I really like about Carrot Weather now, a lot of people, some of you may be familiar with Carrot and its apps or Carrot Weather. I think they have some workout apps uh, as well. And the claim to fame for the Carrot stable of apps is uh, their snarky assistant that's inside of their applications. They basically trash talk you for random reasons. <laughs> now, uh, if that has put you off, which for me for a while, it actually put me off of even looking at Carrot Weather because one, I was concerned about accessibility and it is a pay upfront app. And two, I was like, I don't really need an app talking trash to me when I just want to know the weather. Shit, I can't even get Siri to talk nice to me. <laughs> I can't get Siri to talk to me at all. So, you know. <laughs> Inside Carrot Weather, you can actually turn off the AI uh, completely so that you just get weather data right, without all the, the snark, you know, so, which is cool. So I checked out Carrot Weather, bought it. One is highly customizable. So if you don't like a lot of settings, this is not going to be the app for you because you can customize everything that shows on the main view from whether or not it's showing you the actual temperature, which I think is slightly ridiculous. I prefer to have the feels like temperature because at least that gives me an idea of what it actually feels like outside. You can set things like to have it give you the wind speed, uh, humidity, etc. There's a ton of uh, weather options that you can add. Uh, inside this app. You can also customize the widget just as well. So uh, it does have a today view widget or notification view widget uh, to quickly show you data. And again, you can very heavily customize what shows up there. And then their watch app is just awesome. Same customizations. Uh, they do have support if you're using the Siri face. They have support for a Siri card that will show up and give you, again, your chosen weather information. So for me, what shows up for me on the Siri face is uh, every hour is the feels like temperature outside, the possibility of rain and the wind speed. And then, of course, you get your notifications for rain coming, uh, any major weather alert so like we have we're currently right now up under a Florida flood watch here in tuscaloosa alabama so i got notified about that the thing that i really like about carry outside of its customization options which are great because i don't have to see things that i don't care about like i really don't care what the humidity is i don't care about the barometric pressure because uh, i don't even know what that is uh, but i do care about what it feels like outside whether or not it's probably going to rain that day and uh what the wind speed is like so when i step outside i know if i need to be careful about getting leaves and dirt and etc blown around because it gets quite windy over here for some reason but outside of that care just has a really nice interface when you're opening up the app on ios just to take a look at you know current weather data you can see several days i believe up to 10 days depending on your weather provider that you choose inside of the app uh, to kind of get an idea of what the upcoming week is looking like and it's as good as weather data is going to get right the different providers that you can choose from inside of care weather and some of this does require a premium subscription so the app i believe is 399 up front and then you have an option if you want more capabilities and they outline them very well uh, in the app as to what you're going to get for what you pay for you can join their premium subscription uh, which is annual uh, and it's fairly reasonable i paid for it the providers that you have here are Dark Sky, 
the Weather Channel, AccuWeather, which also has an app on the App Store, Eris Weather, I'm not really sure who they are. And you can also use your own personal weather station. So if you have your own personal weather station set outside your house, uh, you can use that. And it just does hook in very well with any automation things that you may have in your home that are related to weather. So if you have some of those little stick up uh, temperature gauges or humidity checkers uh, that can go around, you can actually hook care into that and have that information be a part of your local weather data. Uh, it would also connect to any any local weather station that you have access to. So for example, I believe uh, at one point that I connected to a weather station that's on the campus of one of the universities here just to have, see if that data would be a little bit more accurate locally. Final couple of things on Carrot. Uh, it does allow you to look at different weather locations so you can you know of course it has your local weather and it'll use your gps to track that for you so anywhere you are you'll have the weather but for example i can quickly swipe over with three fingers on the main screen to see the weather in atlanta georgia or in uh, perry georgia where my grandmother lives or up in the virginia beach area where my brother is just so i can kind of keep an eye on what's going on up there get alerts about what's happening up there Finally, like the last thing and one of the reasons that I have really loved Carrot Weather a lot is that one is this app is very actively developed. And proof of that is on launch day of iOS 12, uh, there were several Siri shortcuts built into the app. And you might wonder, Mike, I know you're wondering what kind of shortcuts, Siri shortcuts do you have for a weather app? One that I have used quite a bit is uh, the ability to add it into a shortcut that I already run in the mornings that will pull up and just tell me, you know, what the current weather is and what the projected, you know, weather for today is, uh, because you're able to not only trigger a shortcut by using Siri, of course, by, you know, setting up a Siri shortcut phrase, but of course it integrates with the shortcuts app as well. So you can have it give you things like the current weather or give you a overview for the week for weather or tell you what it feels like. Because my good morning shortcut only tells me the temperature and... 38 degrees and feels like 34 degrees are two totally different things. Exactly. <laughs> totally different things, right? Uh, and that's why I have the feels like temperature as a part of my morning routine as well as showing me the, uh, you know, what the wind speed is like because that makes a difference too because if it's 42 degrees but it feels like 34 <laughs> and the wind is blowing at five miles an hour, that means it's really cold. Yeah. Probably won't well, it. <laughs> it is automation ready. I will say that you can definitely uh, hook into it using uh, Siri as an interface or shortcuts. And the nice thing about it is that you can have it display your weather information without having to launch the app. Okay, so that is cool. On top of the Siri card for the Apple Watch, I'm going to pick up this app. Drop my thoughts in the app of the day podcast feed. I'll link to that over at yarnpay.com slash DM33. Mike has an app that he has been really excited about. And I want to hear Mike's thoughts on this app because I actually started using this app myself around 2012. So I'm a longtime user. Mike is a fairly new user to it, but it falls right in line with the automation and shortcuts and, and, and just doing things automatically on iOS. So Mike, Introduce the people to your next cool tool. 
I started using Launch Center Pro back in 2014, 2015, put it aside because it was a bit overwhelming for me, and then recently came back to it after I heard about an interview on the Automators podcast. We'll link to it over in the show notes. And the interview was with the developer of Launch Center Pro talking a lot about some of the new features that they've added. And I'm like, hey, I used to own that application. I should go check it out and see what it's like. So I went and down downloaded it because you can re-download apps that you already purchased. And after I downloaded the app, I went in and re-enabled my previously purchased options. Uh, You can download Launch Center Pro for free, play around with it, get it set up. Some of the more advanced features such as time-based triggers and location-based triggers and NFC-based triggers are paid upgrades, but if you owned the application in the past, you don't lose any of the features that you had already invested into when you purchased the app originally. Launch Center Pro is best explained as a home screen replacement. Unfortunately, due to the restrictions that iOS places on application developers, you can't actually replace the springboard or the screen that you see when you press your home button or slide your finger up from the bottom of the screen. But what you can do is install an app like Launch Center Pro and be able to launch actions or apps, whichever you prefer, uh, directly from the new home screen that you set up. This comes due to the ability to pass data between applications with what are called URL schemes. And I don't fully understand them, but we'll link to some articles where you can get more information about the available URL schemes in iOS. Because if you're anything like the two of us, you will start with a little bit of automation, find something that you can automate. I'll give you some examples later on in this podcast episode. And then you'll start exploring other ways that you can automate other tasks and add some elements of automation into your everyday. Some of those actions allow me to set my iPhone up so it only has one screen of apps or one page of apps, and that's a substantial improvement to the seven or eight pages of apps I typically have. Now, my apps are in folders on one page, and at the bottom in my dock is the launch application, and that's it. Now, if you tap on the launch application, you can do things such as message one of the boys, start a good morning routine, or begin journaling. Yeah, so Launch Center Pro, uh, for me, is one of those apps that, like, it can be extremely simple and basic. Uh, when you get started with it, but it can very quickly get extremely complex. You know, some of the, and I don't know how this works now for new people downloading the app, but used to be they would have a couple of sort of sample or example uh, action sh- set up. So one that they would have inside of theirs where you open Launch Center Pro and then you could tap on uh, message, you know, and I think they have like just a generic name there, you know, message Alice or whatever. But what that would do is automatically launch a message, you know, I'll open the messages app with a uh, compose screen to Alice, right? And of course you want to go in and change that contact to who that person would be. But that's one of the examples that they give you that is a very, very simple. And at the time that this app was released was extremely powerful, however, because, you know, there was no workflow slash shortcuts at that time. There was no Siri automation. If I'm not mistaken, this app was actually out before Siri was even built into the iPhone. So Siri was still its own standalone app because I was running it on the iPhone 4. So yeah, this was before Siri even existed in the phone. So we didn't have things like, you know, automations and this brought some automation to iOS very early on in 
the game, uh, either using low-level, basically using URL schemes that were built into the system, either by Apple or by third-party developers as they have expanded that over the years. Realize it at the time, but Launch Center Pro was my first introduction to automation on iOS. And to be honest, I got substantially overwhelmed with the amount of things you could get done. So what happens when I get overwhelmed and I get frustrated is I'll just put something aside and tend to come back to it. I was glad when the host of the Automators podcast interviewed the founder of Launch Center because it gave me an opportunity to hear how other people were actually using this app. So inside of Launch Center, you can set up folders or what Launch Center calls groups and have different icons in there. On the iPhone, you can have a three by nine grid of icons that can launch different actions. And within Launch Center Pro, if you're editing your grid of actions and you tap on one of the icons, you can go through what they call the action composer. This will let you explore the URL structures that are available throughout the different apps that supported directly within Launch Center Pro. Earlier, we mentioned my good morning shortcut, which is an action within the shortcuts group in the top left of my Launch Center that I tap on. It disables do not disturb, turns off my 5.30 a.m. alarm, and turns on two alarms that are set to help me with staying on task in the morning. Uh, And then it rewinds my current podcast by 10 seconds and continues playback after reading me the weather. One thing that I've recently added to that shortcut is the first thing it does is starts a listening to podcast toggle so I can keep track of that in my time tracking adventures for this upcoming year. One of the things you can do in Launch Center is trigger actions based on time of day. So if I am not up by 5.30, then my alarm will go off. And so that step isn't necessary in the good morning uh, shortcut. However, if I get up between 4 and 5.30, I'll have a notification from Launch Center on my lock screen that says good morning. When I double tap that, it'll automatically run the good morning shortcut and the previously mentioned actions occur. I use another icon within Launch Center to run a good night shortcut, which sets my 5.30 a.m. alarm and enables do not disturb. All this automation is great, but sometimes I have a problem with the little things like figuring out what 70% off of 140 is and keeping track of all the things that I'm trying to add up when it comes to uh, solving my monthly expenses. Hey, Demasi, do you know an app that can help me with this? One app that I use for stuff like this, uh, and a nice thing about it is, again, Siri shortcut enabled and uh, automation ready is Solver for iOS. It is also available on Mac OS as well. And what is Solver? Solver is, to call it a calculator, sort of uh, understates what it actually does. Uh, so, Solver is really a notepad slash calculator. Some people have described it to me as a lightweight, very lightweight spreadsheet replacement uh, type of application. And here's why that is. You can write plain text inside of a Solver document. Mike's example, we're going to use that. So say Mike's shopping around on the Internet and he sees a deal and it says, yeah, you get 70 percent off this hundred and forty five dollar, you know, one terabyte hard drive. Mike's like, huh? I know that's a good deal, but I need to know exactly how much that is. So Mike sits down, he pops open solver, he types in, you know, hard drive, 
$145 minus 70% off would actually give him the answer of $43.50, which is how much that terabyte hard drive would cost him. Somebody says, huh, $43.50. Okay, he saves that answer, but then he thinks about, well, okay, I have this much money that I've been budgeting to buy some gear. So let me add up how much that's going to cost plus picking up a new set of uh, AirPods for Mallory. So let me add that to the price. So Mike, while he is documenting basically inside of Solver, uh, you know, his intended shopping list, uh, he's putting prices next to things and putting percentages in for discounts and all that. Uh, he can very easily have all of that totaled up for him to figure out, you know, what these calculations are. That's one way of using Solver. Uh, another way that I just recently, very recently used Solver was to do the math for somebody to see how much money they were paying each year to <laughs> Bluehost. Uh, cause they were thinking about switching web hosts. <laughs> so rather than attempt to hold all the information in my brain, as I looked at the different services that they were paying for, I just documented them in solver and said, okay, you know, this service is $95 and 80 cent a year. Uh, this service is, you know, $10 a year. This is $350 a year, blah, 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 so on and so on. And then I also, you know, once I had all that calculated up, uh, I ran a calculation to see what their total was just for my edification at the moment. I was like, huh, geez, that's a lot of fucking money. Uh, it's actually what I said. Uh, so then I went and did comparison shopping with my recommended host uh, if you're doing shared hosting, which is SiteGround. So I ran all the numbers again up under a SiteGround heading inside of uh, the same document. And basically when I was done, I had all of the features and services this person needed broken out by, you know, category uh, or, or specific, you know, item, how much it costs with the nice total at the bottom. You know, OK, this is what annually is going to cost you uh, here. This is annually what you're paying there. I didn't do anything else other than save that document out as a plain text file and attach it to an email and send it to him uh, because all the math had been done and I just had to place the answers in. I believe Solver for iOS, I could be wrong. I believe it's like two ninety nine, maybe four ninety nine, uh, and the Mac app is about twelve bucks, ten or twelve bucks. Uh, so it's not crazy expensive. I've never been charged for an update, uh, so keep that in, you know just just as a note and they have not switched to a subscription model which i'm happy about uh <laughs> yeah. but they do actively update the app like it doesn't get a ton of updates over the course of a year but it does get you know nice major updates again you know like they added some some shortcut uh capabilities to the mm-hmm. most recent versions after iOS 12 came out so you know it has url schemes and automation support through things like i'm pretty sure they're probably direct you know, uh, links from Launch Center uh, to Solver. Oh, I bet there probably uh, are. <laughs> you know, just because they, they expose your URL scheme uh, for, for automation purposes. You know, I've used drafts to send stuff, you know, portions of a document I was writing in drafts over to Ooh. Launch Center, over to Solver, and then have it, yeah. you know, spit back the answer to me so I can just put the answer for that problem into the document. And then just do something with that document. That is awesome. I never even really thought about it that way. Thank you. Uh, thank you for giving me that automation. Really appreciate it. Doing today's 2019 cool tools for iOS. Interesting. Something I thought about while recording today's episode is these are all tools that we've used in the past, we've been introduced to in the past, and then we put on the back burner until technology, or at least the software in iOS, has caught up. So 
really appreciate you sitting down and exploring these tools with us. Hopefully that's the case when it comes to you. And uh, hey, Demasi, before we close it up, they can follow me on Twitter at Payone, P-A-Y-O-W-N. And do you have anything else you want to add today? Nope. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Demasi, D-A-M-A-S-H-E. And as Mike said, you're on pay.com slash DM33. We'll get you the show notes. You've been listening to Your Own Pay Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, visit yourownpay.com slash cast for exclusive content and to contact us today. We're eager to hear your thoughts and about how you're making this podcast your own. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. The Your Own Pay Podcast, yourownpay.com.